There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Coming up today on The Story. The first contact I get from Minna, she sent me a message saying, you know, basically you don't know what you're talking about, you know, and... In a, in a polite southern way, you know, and I just, I wrote back, I said, you know, well, thanks for writing, you know, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, um, have a nice life. Then she wrote back and said, oh, can we keep emailing? And I'm thinking, what for? I haven't got a persecution complex. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax, welcome to The Story. Well, we have an international love story for you today. Tony Gunter is a truck driver from Brisbane and Minna is a southern belle from South Carolina. How did they meet and marry? And what are they passionate about going forward? We'll hear their unique romantic story and about their plans for ministry as they have a chat with Eric Scatterbo. Welcome to the program, Tony and Minna. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for having us. Glad to have you with us. And let's go right back to the beginning. Before you even met, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Sydney, and um, my dad was a truck driver. He was a transport sergeant in the Army before that. Um, and um, I got married at 22, moved to Melbourne for 17 years, and then um, eventually moved north after I left the police force down there. I moved back up north to Brisbane. and But I see, I always barracked for Queensland, even when I was living in Sydney. <laughs> so you were a Queenslander at heart. Yeah, I bleed my own. Okay, and how about your faith journey? When did you become a Christian? Well, I became a Christian when I was 16, but I've got to be honest, I've had more starts in the gates at Flemington. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but, you know, there, was, there came a time some years back you know, that where I just had to get serious. You know, I just really, God got a hold of me, and I just went on from there. And I, uh, like I say, I had uh, one part there when I was, after the divorce, you know, I, was, I was looking for love in all the wrong places, and mm. and uh, I guess that created a bit of regret. And and I wish if I could had if I had time to undo it, I, w- I, I would, but I can't. Mm. So um, yeah, it's one of those things. But you know, uh, when I met Minna, I was a bag of bones, quite frankly, and she helped. Okay, put it back we're going to stop you there because we want to find out Minna's background in the United States in the South. Yes, sir, as I have said many times. <laughs> now, 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 let's just, this whole thing about saying, sir, that's a Southern thing, right? Yes, it is. I'm just not used to being called sir here. <laughs> I know, and a lot of people that I've met here in Australia are not used to be called sir and ma'am, and they look at me. But that's just a cultural thing. Like you said, it's a, a matter of respect. And see, I well, grew thank up. Thank you for the, the respect, but I, I am younger. <laughs> ah, I grew up but, in but, Alabama. But you just do it, yeah, yeah. But uh, I really, my adult life was in South Carolina. That's where my family is now. Uh, my mm-hmm. son is there. My two granddaughters are there. And I became a Christian at the end, actually, of my first marriage. It was in ni- Mother's Day 1980. So I've been a Christian for 38 years this year. Mm-hmm. And um, the training time that I had during the period before I met Tony was just so crucial 
you know, you you put your foot in the water and you think I'm going to do great things for God, but then how are you training yourself to do those great things? So I'm thankful for the people who mentored me and discipled Mm me and uh, for those training years. So both of you are on different sides of the planet. Uh, Unfortunately, as you shared, you both were previously married, Mm. but were growing in your faith afterwards, a little bit older and wiser now. I want to know, how did the two of you meet? How did did you get together eventually? Well, um, I was always told that you're supposed to meet somebody at the church. You know, you meet in a singles group, meet at the fellowship, you know, you meet Mm. in person. But in 2002, which is when we met, um, we met online on, at a dating site, and I found out very about Very modern. Yes. I was trying to move into the 20th century, and I found out about really the ins and outs of it on uh, a Focus on the Family show. I was on my mm-hmm. way home from worship team practice and happened to catch that show, and he talked about online dating and interviewed couples who had met and married. It was a brilliant show. Yeah, so before that, you were kind of anti-online dating because there were all kinds of horror stories, if I remember, early in the Internet days. Yes, there were. You st- and you still have to be careful now. You have to know yeah, who yeah. you are and know how to go about finding out who the other person is in the right way. Um, but I was always told, being from the South, that you met face-to-face. You know, it was your neighbor's friend or you met at church mm-hmm. or you met on yeah. a singles group i had never even and, and there's wisdom in that yes because yes. that way you know that the person is legitimate whereas online there's always the potential that the person is completely lying and fake absolutely and unfortunately um i met tony and our story is brilliant because god was in it um but i introduced several of my friends to that same site that i was on and i've got horror stories about because they just went about it the wrong way. So you have to be smart. What is the wrong way and what is the right way, briefly? Well, I believe it's uh, if you include other people in your conversation, even if whether you're in another state or whether you're around the world, you can't just You talk. mean like their family members yes, or their pastors? family members, friends, family, friends, church, um, people who have known this person for years, you know. Kind of like references. Absolutely. I believe that that's a that's a good way to well you're paving the way for a good relationship because you're yeah. meeting other people not just because anybody can lie but their pastor isn't going to lie about them that's right or, or their, if, their 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 mother well I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah true the mother might but if you've got a a room full of people who are giving references then you figure right. the percentages are good that 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 the person's telling the truth so right right. You know, you don't want to get online with somebody and then meet up with them the next day and say, oh, I know that yeah. person. They're no. this, they're that. You don't That's know ridiculous. them. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, and, you, and you do want to meet in a neutral spot. Absolutely. I've heard. Absolutely. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with meeting in a group either, you know. So. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. But see, we, we, um, we met. I, on this particular site, you're allowed 250 words. Well, I wrote a page and a half. I was interested in turning them off as well as turning them on. And uh, Explain that. What do you mean turning them off? Oh, well, I just I outlined who I was and what I was about. And if they weren't serious about their faith and about, you know, all that sort of stuff, I wasn't really interested. And um, Yeah, yeah. So, you see, a lot, of these, a lot of the profiles that I read, some of these women would say, oh, I'm a Proverbs 31 girl. But when you read the profile, you know, you think to yourself, no, nah, not even close, lady. And uh, <laughs> Because so I, I put in my profile that um, 
if you, you know, I said, if you, if, um, if you're going to tell me you're Proverbs 31 girl, uh, you, you better tell me you're a Song of Solomon's girl because Proverbs 31 leaves a lot of stuff out about marriage. And I said, really? I said, it's just a list of potentiality in three mm-hmm. areas of a woman's life. And there's some people that think you can find all of that in one woman. I said, you'd need nine-day weeks and 36-hour days. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, what happened was the first contact I get from Minna who happened to be teaching a class on Proverbs 31 at the time. Oh, so she would know her, her Oh, let there. me tell you, mate. She, Thank you very much. She sent me a message saying, you know, basically you don't know what you're talking about, you know, and <laughs> in, a, in a polite southern way. And I, and I Th- just, This is starting really good. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I wrote back. I said, you know, well, thanks for writing. You know, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. Um, <laughs> have a nice life. And then she wrote back in, in a polite southern way sort of told me I was, you know, egotistical, you know, whatever. And I wrote back, I said, no, no, you've, mi- you've misunderstood. You've misinterpreted ego for confidence. I said, I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I believe. And in terms of ego, I said, you've missed it. I said, my only statement of worth once trickled down across and touched the ground. So once again, thanks for writing. Have a nice life. So you weren't interested, it sounds like. Well, I was certainly not interested in getting into an argument about, you know, Bible stuff. I'm just not interested in that sort of gear. But, you know, um, and then then she wrote back and said, oh, can we keep emailing? And I'm thinking, what for? I haven't got a persecution complex. <laughs> but see, Eric, what he didn't know. Yes, yes, Mina, please, please share this, your side of the story. Well, what Tony didn't know was when he said my only statement of worth once – trickled down across and dropped on the ground that's when i fell in love with him right then and i knew oh, that wow. god had called this man to be in my life and vice versa so i said man i'm gonna run with this and i have never been afraid to share my opinion there you go i just put it out there so <laughs> i wasn't afraid but to i mean share. that's a good start you can be yourself that's right and you need to be yourself yep Yep. If there was something that he said that I didn't agree with, I always made sure that I let him know what my opinion was. And and he did the same. I think that's so important because you can't just be somebody's yes man. You can't just say everything they want you to say. Yeah, and, yeah. Because that's not even true life. That's just... That's, exactly. Well, I just had a friend recently who was kind of corresponding with somebody in another country, and they were about to meet the person in person, uh-huh. and they said, we are just made for each other. We never disagree about anything. And I'm thinking, uh, Honey, that's, that's not a red flag. too good. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Okay, mo- moving along in, in your relationship, where did it go from there? Well, what? we talked for about a, almost a year, and then I finally went over in October of 03, and we married 12 days later. And see, when he made plans to come well, well, over... 12 days later? Yes, sir. After meeting? Yes. Because we... Now, you've got to, you've got to include that year in our relationship. We had talked for a mm. year. We had talked to each other's families. We'd included we all these people. We, got, we laid our cards out on the table. There's nothing and, we didn't talk about. And we had mutual friends in... We decided to meet in a place where we had mutual friends... I had a place to stay. He had a place to stay. We could meet. I knew it was going to work out. But see, he hadn't figured it out yet. So I had to give him room <laughs> to figure it out. So, so She says she fell in love. And I, I say I walked in really slow. 
<laughs> and that's the way it was. But when we met, I mean, I knew. And so you think, okay, where do we go from here? Well, I told him from the beginning when we were first talking. So you were the one that was very quick. Absolutely. I was the one that was very quick. He was very slow. But I told him, I'm looking for a husband. I'm not looking for a friend. I got plenty of friends. I'm (laughs) I'm not looking for somebody that I can just have a chat with. Uh, You know, I've got plenty of those people around me. I'm looking for a husband. And I want a godly man. I want somebody who wants. You knew what you wanted. Absolutely. And I think you have to know that. You can't just wander around and hope that you hit the right ball with your cue. You know, I just, uh, ah, And when I, in my profile, I think I said something along the lines of, you know, if you're looking for the white picket fence, I'm not interested. I'm looking for the Lone Ranger's girlfriend. And that didn't scare men off. No, nah. sir. It did not. No, she doesn't scare too easy. You're listening to The Story. Today, lovebirds Tony and Minna Gunter are chatting with Eric Scadabo about how the Lord brought them together. Tony is from Brisbane and Minna is from South Carolina. Next, we'll hear more of their love story and about their plans for ministering to truck drivers near Nashville, Tennessee. That and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with lovebirds Tony and Minna Gunter, sharing about how the Lord brought them together. Personally... I could listen to their stories all day. They are just a lovely down-to-earth couple that are really in love with each other and with the Lord. Next, we'll hear more about their lives and about their dreams for ministry in the United States. Well, we married uh, the pastor. Our our friends in Nashville happened to be pastors of uh, a church that Tony was familiar with because on those trips that he had made to the States before he knew me, he had met this pastor and... Um, I had a strong relationship with a church very strong. in Nashville. Yeah, very strong mm-hmm. relationship. Yep. So he's the one that married us. Uh, it was a Wednesday night. Uh, they had um, Wednesday night prayer meeting. Then we got married. Then they had worship team practice. Then we all went to uh, the Longhorn for a steak. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you got me hungry here. There was, so, no, there was no, not a lot of formalities in no. it. You know. I had, yeah, we both yeah. had blue jeans on, and I think I had cowboy boots and it was just um it was just the way it was meant to be. It was just lovely. And then we came back to South Carolina and um my family got to know him a little bit better because mm-hmm. even though they had met him and they liked him when they met him, they didn't know much about him. And now of course we have uh two grandchildren. My son has two girls and then Tony has three children here and they all have Kids, so we've got five grandchildren here, so now we're an international family. Yeah, so Tony, how did you finally come around? Oh, I, I just, you know, went the distance, basically. Um, we went Once we met, you know, face-to-face, it was pretty much what, we'd, what I'd expected. And, um, you know, there's been adjustments and stuff with, mm-hmm. like, with cultural differences, as I say, and but basically, you know, it's we've we've got on pretty well. I remember the first. She, see, she was a nurse in the states, and I went and picked her up one night after we were married, and um, we're driving home, and she goes, "Stop, stop, stop, stop!" 
And I hit the brakes. I said, what? She said, turn it here. I said, it's a Ford dealership. She said, yeah, it was that big. It had a road up the middle, you know. Mm-hmm. And the vehicles were displayed on this terraced um, block. And up the top were all the pickup trucks. And uh, she said, there's a new King Ranch up there. And I thought, what's a King Ranch? And uh, it turns out it's a bit like R.M. Williams, you know. It's an old ranch in Texas and they've got this logo on it and they have this King Ranch F-350 up there mm-hmm. with this particular paint job. And anyway, we get out there. She starts walking around this F-350 pickup and next thing she drops the tailgate, spreads her, arm, <laughs> spreads her arms across the tailgate and says, I'm in love. <laughs> and I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. She loves guns, loves trucks. Oh, I'm in. I'm and loves home. Jesus. Yeah, loves <laughs> Jesus. Absolutely, you know. Oh, wow. And uh, we were there us all at, at, at that fun. point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, moving along, let's talk about ministry. How did you get into ministry eventually? Well, for me, it started January 1990. I was just, I'm about nine months out the police force. Um, I'm sitting in the office just, I'm doing a word study on motivation of the heart. And one of the references uh, went back to Chronicles, uh, David given um, Solomon the plans of the temple. And he talked about motivation of the heart, you know, God searches the heart. And, uh, and he said, be careful, he said, because he said, for I've chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. And as I read those words, it wasn't just like the words leaped off the page or anything like that. It was like God spoke those words to me, for I've chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. And I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about. I wasn't a pastor. I wasn't thinking about being a pastor. I certainly wasn't thinking about building a church. No idea. And that encounter was followed by 10 years of silence. And each year I'd go back. I'd say, do you want to tell me now? Because I got I had no idea what you're talking about. And, um, and that went on for like 10 years. In 11 years, uh, things started to unfold in my mind about ideas I had for a mobile ministry thing with a semi-trailer and and then I thought, well, maybe there's some Christian truck drivers out there might be interested and it, it snowballed on from there and over the next 10 years it was like God just unfolded the vision and um, like it, God didn't say to Joseph, I'm going to make you, you know, Prime Minister of Egypt. He gave him a dream about mm-hmm. fat cows, skinny cows, sheaves of wheat, you know, and um, who would ever have equated that to what he finally ended up as? Who would ever have equated what God spoke to me as, you know, building a major ministry to the road transport industry in America? Well, let's back up before we get to your current dream. Now, you've been in ministry. You've been a pastor. You've been a chaplain. Mm, I had... Um, and, and back in the early 70s, I was a foundation member. Back in 71, I was a foundation member of God Squad. Oh, okay. Um, the motorcycle um, ministry? Yeah. yeah. After we, we got married, um, uh, we spent five years in the States, and I was a chaplain uh, with Transport for Christ as a volunteer mm-hmm. on a truck stop chapel before I got my green card. Yeah, that's when we were still living in the States. I was still a nurse there. Mm-hmm. And he was involved in chaplain ministry there. But what I was going to say is, if I can back up for a moment yep. with Tony's story, after he left, when he was in the police force, and even after he left the police force, there were difficulties in the marriage then. And Tony is a Bush poet. And 
I believe that God ministered to him through the bush poetry that he gave him in more ways than I think even Tony realizes. And his poetry has gone on. He recorded two albums, and his poetry has gone on to lead hundreds and hundreds of people to Christ, listening to his Christian perspective on things that happened to him during that period in his life. Mm-hmm. And Bushman and Heroes was a, it's a full CD with, I don't know how many selections on it. Eleven. And then the uh, To the Sunburnt Ear is, of course, the tribute to the Australian soldier. That's the one that's played across the country at Anzac Day. Mm-hmm. Um, they play that poetry and the thank you that comes before the poem. That's the thank you and then the to the sunburn ear. And that was the thing that brought Tony together with the CEO at, um, I mean, the president at Corumban RSL. That's how they got introduced to each other because Ron had been playing that for years before he even met Tony. Oh, okay. So I believe that the ministry portion of Tony's life involved uh, not just, you know, his early years of the God Squad and all that, but I think that poetry really is key. And it, it opened doors for us. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and uh, I think that was part of, of a transitioning that God was using to go forward yeah. into the time when he brought your attention mm. to Chronicles and then from there. Um, And that's just what I know from knowing Tony, because, of course, I wasn't in the picture then. Yeah. So, Tony, you're part of a dawn service, which is televised nationally every year for Anzac Day? Yeah, Corumban RSL. Mm, Channel 7 uh, broadcast it every year. So many of our listeners could have heard you on that nationally televised telecast. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, it's my it's my five minutes of fame every year. <laughs> it's a real honor to be involved there. There's just yeah. lovely people there. I think, it, I mean, for me, it's the best dawn service in Australia because it has so much heart to it. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's the that's the result of uh, the input of Ron Workman, who's the chairman of the board there. Yeah, and the numbers have increased. Yeah, it's now listed as uh, one of Queensland's major events. Well, we have to wrap up our conversation, but let's end with your current vision that you're passionate about now? Well, we, we have a, a ministry called Faith Freighters. Um, it's a ministry to long-distance uh, truck drivers. And um, our big vision for that is to build a thing called the Fifth Wheel Worship Centre. And uh, it will be a trucker's church. It will be a full-service 24-7 truck stop. God willing, and the creek don't rise, it'll be built just outside Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, wow. And... Um, yeah, it, it's a huge undertaking, and um, it's one of those things where you just got to say, well, okay, you know, I've had a number of father and son arguments about it over the years with God, and uh, <laughs> and I remember one particular day, I, I used to complain about the size of the vision, the insignificant size of the visionary, and he spoke to me one day as clear as a bell uh, about when I birthed the vision heart of Nehemiah to rebuild the wall, he wasn't even a free man. Mm. He was a test pilot. He was a, a cupbearer. He was a test pilot for bad booze, and um, you know. But you'll find favour with the king, and so you know we, we've gone on and, and just hung. I tried a, a number of times to uh, get it up and running, um, and uh, didn't work. So I said to God, "I'll tell you what. When you're ready, you let me know." Well, it was only just over three months ago that that that, that happened. And now things are starting to move so fast, and uh, and we think we'll be back 
in the US uh, chasing this dream before the end of the year. Wow. Things are happening for you. Yes, they are. Yes, sir, they are. They um, they are happening and uh, it's um, – yeah, you know, it it's it's just come about in such a way, you know, that um would to, to sort of took us by surprise. And well, it's almost like we come to this intersection because we've been up and down the road to every place you can imagine, talking to everybody that will listen. So we've talked to everybody, nothing's happened, nothing's happened, and it's like we've come to this intersection and God is standing right in the middle of the intersection directing the traffic, saying, Okay, now, this is the direction you go. This is the people you see. And it's and when we turn and do that, it has become very fruitful. So we'll be incorporated as um, a Christian entity within a month. Uh, we'll be listed as a church in Tennessee. So it's uh, it's starting to happen. It's starting to grow legs and and arms. And, you know, it's pretty exciting once it gets going because it's God's momentum. Wow. Well, Thank you so much for sharing, well, how you met, your backstories, but now the exciting things that you're doing now. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. That was Tony and Minna Gunter having a chat with Eric Scadabo and sharing their unique story as a couple, both madly in love with each other and on fire for the Lord. It was great to hear about their future plans for ministering to truck drivers near Nashville, Tennessee. We wish them all the best and pray for God to lead and guide them in this wonderful adventure and supply all their needs. Well, thanks for joining us for Tony and Minna Gunter's sharing their story today. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. During the interview, the boss looked at me and um, said, so what do you think about Christianity? I won't tell you my exact words on here, um, but it went along the lines of, mate, you shove that down my throat, I'll shove it back into you. Tony's response, he sat and he laughed. He had this smile on his face, I'll never forget it. He was basically reading me and saying, that's going to change. Warren Prittis is a single father of three teens. Through unforeseen circumstances, God came into his broken life and became real to him as he discovered the peace he longed for his whole life. We'll hear his story next time. The Story. Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.